Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 436. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. Our partnership with Florist Review is such a valuable one, providing a forum for beautiful and inspiring editorial content in the Slow Flowers Journal section, month after month. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com, where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 436. Our first sponsor thanks goes to Mayesh Wholesale Florist. Family owned since 1978, Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S. and we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at mayesh.com. As many of you know, my path to flowers began as a home and garden features writer for magazines and newspapers. And one of my favorite gigs 20 years ago, when I first shifted from business journalism to design writing, was as the garden editor for Seattle Homes and Lifestyles. I love shelter magazines of all kinds, a dying breed, some would say, including that magazine, which took a hit along with so many during the 2008 downturn in real estate. But we had a very good run, and I scouted gardens, produced photo shoots, and wrote about landscape design in the Seattle area for years. One of the very first stories I produced for Seattle Homes and Lifestyles was about a young couple named Gwen and Paul Sayers, who had a company called Paul Sayers Landscaping, and who lived in Monroe, Washington, about 30 miles northeast of Seattle. Paul had designed and installed an amazing pond surrounded by a strolling path and landscaped with hundreds of beautiful trees and shrubs. It was a plant lover's paradise, and I visited Paul and Gwen on a few occasions for that article and another one I wrote for The Herald, the local daily newspaper in Everett, for which I also served as a contributor. Fast forward more than 15 years later, and I reconnected with Paul and Gwen at the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival in 2017, where they had a retail booth selling items from the retail shop at their new nursery, renamed Pine Creek Nursery. Gwen has a great eye for combining plants with vintage objects, and that, combined with Paul's ability to build anything out of salvaged lumber, added up to a charming display. At the time, Gwen told me she had started growing cut flowers for wedding clients, including ceremonies being held at Pine Creek Nursery, their new nursery. It was a bit of a shift from running a landscaping company, but in a logical way, their sister businesses, Pine Creek Nursery and Scattered Seeds, made a lot of sense to me. Last summer, I was immersed in the full wedding experience at Pine Creek Nursery when I designed the florals for my friend's daughter's wedding. On July 6th, no less, just a few days after I returned to Seattle from the third annual Slow Flower Summit in Twin Cities, I gained a new appreciation for 
all the work that florists do <laughs> to pull off an event like that. The bride, Claire, grew up with my sons, and since I don't have a daughter, I guess I was feeling quite sentimental when I offered to help her with her wedding flowers. You can see a few photos of that ceremony, captured through the lens of B. Jones Photography, a talented wedding photographer, in today's show notes at deborahprincing.com. I mentioned this experience to help underscore how impressed I was with the venue, the amenities, and the incredibly beautiful landscape and cutting gardens that create Pine Creek Nursery. Paul and Gwen and I recorded this episode right before the holidays, and I'm so happy to share it with you here. You'll learn how these retail nursery owners turned some of their tree production fields into destination wedding venue and cut flower farm. It's a story of innovation and love for their land. And as we continue the conversation of sustainability in 2020, today's theme is how to sustain a livelihood from your land. Before we get started, here's a bit more about Paul and Gwen. Paul is the visionary of Pine Creek. He began landscaping in 1989. Taking the leap to build a full service nursery in 2002, he and Gwen purchased 20 acres of land on the outskirts of Monroe, Washington. Nestled in the foothills of the beautiful Cascade Mountains, they have developed what was once a raw piece of ground into a stunning destination, nursery and event venue. Paul is an all-around talented man who not only envisioned Pine Creek, but built every facet along the way. He is a man who not only dreams up big ideas, but actually tackles them and makes them real. From growing nursery stock out in the field, or repairing heavy equipment or irrigation, Paul has made it happen with full-on hard work and a get-her-done work ethic. His passion is building, creating, and working with rock, which is seen throughout the nursery, including a grand granite rock fireplace that is a centerpiece to the event venue at Pine Creek. Gwen loves everything green, growing, and flowers, and she has been alongside Paul through the whole process of developing Pine Creek. She has had a love for gardening ever since she was a young girl, and now some of her favorite things to do are propagating plants as well as developing a new addition to the farm, Scattered Seeds, a flower farm, where fresh locally grown flowers are lovingly tended for weddings and local floral shops. Gwen wears many hats at Pine Creek, from the office, greenhouse, loading materials to arranging flowers, but you can always find her with clippers in hand, foraging for unique and beautiful elements to add to a vase or to propagate for future nursery stock. Please visit DeborahPrinzing.com to see photos of this dynamic couple, their beautiful nursery, and the flowers Gwen grows. I'll also share links to how you can find and follow them via social media. I'm so grateful they are part of the Slow Flowers community. We've come full circle together as friends, and that's a priceless gift. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I am so delighted today to introduce you to my friends, Paul and Gwen Sayers, owners of Pine Creek Nursery in Monroe, Washington. Hi, how are you guys? Hello. Hi, Deb. It's nice to <laughs> see good. you again. We're good. Thank this you. is really awesome. And uh, your other business, Scattered Seeds Flower Farm, mm -hmm. is a Slow Flowers member, so we're kind of doing a twofer here. We're talking about the landscape business and why that's relevant to listeners of this podcast and um, how Gwen's floral business has kind of layered over that and made your whole family business like right. all flowers all the time. Mm -hmm. um, Paul, thank you for sitting down. I know we don't have a lot of time, so I want to jump right in to talk with you sure. about 
your business, which was called Paul Sayers Landscaping when I met you 20 years ago mm-hmm. and is now Pine Creek Nursery. Mm-hmm. Tell us just a little bit about your obsession with plants and how that's like created the business you have today. What is, what is, how did the business change from two, two and a half decades ago to now? Yeah. Um, I, I guess it hasn't changed a lot in certain aspects because I mean, we still do landscaping, but uh, I'm fortunate enough to kind of pick and choose my mm-hmm. landscape jobs now. Mm-hmm. And um, I, there's, I, I got a kind of a joke. It's, there's gotta be three criteria. It's gotta be creative, challenging and profitable mm-hmm. all right? and that's it that's I the think only we would all like that that be a, a t-shirt that i can have <laughs> yeah yeah so but i mean and it's but they go hand in hand i mean the nursery um you know in the very beginning of the business the landscaping business we started the the nursery small just to stock plants where we could pull plants and just go right to the job and and it just kind of evolved into more and more and and i've really always loved growing things um, mm-hmm. and it's just progressed into more and more growing and less landscaping. Mm-hmm. So. And so growing um, was more of a uh, like create your own inventory and have um, kind of for a convenience factor. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But the way it seems to me, the way independent garden centers and plant growing has changed um, more and more and more. It's probably a competitive edge to grow your own oh, things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Some of this stuff isn't available. No, no, yeah, it's it's definitely um, way more profitable too. I mean, we can't grow at all. We still have to bring in some things um, mm-hmm, from other, mm-hmm. you know, out of Oregon. We get a lot of stuff out of Oregon. Mm-hmm. But no, we're growing more and more stuff here. And, um, you know, it's just a rotation now. We pull out of the field every year and then we replant. And it's mm-hmm. just a... It's kind of a four-year cycle, basically. Mm-hmm. And mostly trees, right? Trees and shrubs, yeah. Okay. But yeah, kind of the bread and butter stuff okay. that we yeah, use a lot of. So here we're at this beautiful place. It's 20 acres, and it's not just a nursery. You have created this destination wedding venue. The two of you just, I don't know, through sweat equity and creativity and like, I don't know, Judy Garland and, and uh, <laughs> Mickey Rooney saying, let's put on a show. I mean, how... I think this is. I think you're ahead of the head of the trend. Uh, I hate to use the word trend, but like yeah. mm-hmm. the gar- the the retail garden center is struggling right now, and independent garden centers are closing. And yeah. we know they're yeah. all all over the Puget Sound area. They're closing, mm-hmm. but you're you've created another way to su- survive and thrive. And how did that all happen? What 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 made you do this, Paul? Uh, I I know the. Exact reason why <laughs> <laughs> there was, uh, <laughs> we don't even grow them anymore. Uh, there was these Jack Monty birch that, you know, we would, you know, we dig stuff out of the field. We ball, you know, uh, B&B it, mm-hmm. burlap it. Right. Um, and we put it in the sawdust. And there was these Jack Monty's that we kept every year. We They'd root up and we'd re-burlap them, move them into the new sawdust bed. And like the fourth time, these things were like four-inch caliper jack oh, monies. Oh, because you wouldn't sell them then. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And so I'm you're like, getting irritated. Yeah, really irritated. <laughs> and and I'm like, okay, these things are gonna go on, you know, the grinding pile, and this is this we got to do something different because it was it was July. You know, everyone thinks the nursery is busy busy in the summer. It's not. No, it's, you, you know, s- so we're. Our, small our, window. Yeah, small window from March through June. We're busy, and then it just kind of in the yeah. summer. And I was like, okay, I got to take this space 
right here and do something different with this space. And that's mm -hmm. when we came up, well, let's, let's kick the idea around of putting this, making a garden here in this area and try and do weddings. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. really what started it. Mm -hmm. And the rest is history. Just kind of <laughs> out of frustration of these. A these little bit, not necessarily trees. not just frustration. Yeah. Cause when we built this building, um, I kind of knew, I always kind of kicked the idea around of, of doing it, but we just weren't there yet. And mm -hmm. that was like the deciding factor. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, we're going to do this. Okay. And you said this building, this is a the two, a beautiful two-story barn style building, but completely finished and insulated. That, I would yeah. call it more like winery or lodgy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's a good way of putting it. Because Gwen, you had a retail um, yeah. gift store downstairs. Mm -hmm. And we're in the loft, which is now, I guess, the, the bridal, bridal suite. suite. Yeah. <laughs> so you had this building, and it, you, it's whatever way you designed it, it's obviously served a lot of pur it purposes really over has. the years. Yeah. But it spills out onto this area that Paul's just describing. That you, I would say, you kind of created a um, a privately enclosed yeah garden chapel area. almost. And it's a garden chapel. Sure. If you, yeah, you can call it all kinds of different with, things. But I mean, with, it's very versatile. The space is. Um, the, I just, I get a lot of comments by different caterers who come in here just saying how the area is laid out really mm. um, thought through, mm -hmm. methodically thought mm -hmm. through to just um, for traffic and, mm -hmm. and everything else. So Even for other vendors who are coming in here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. good point. Yeah. So um, I understand you did 39 you hosted 39 weddings in 2019. Is that right? I, I think remember. so. I think Something so. like that. Is that yep. the biggest year ever? Uh, yeah, yeah. We're we're surpassed that already now for next year, though. What? Yeah, yeah. We're yeah we're at 41. Oh my goodness! Is it because you're doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday mm -hmm. weddings? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we are also able to do off season because of the buildings. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. And and we got to give credit where credit is due to Carlin mm -hmm. DeBerry, who is our. Our wedding gal that yes. has, uh, took in charge of that. She's done an excellent job. So she's kind of a dedicated wedding planner. That's who, her who job. Interfaces with the with right. the, yeah. the couples and mm -hmm. the ceremony. Yes. Yeah. So when did you have your first wedding here? Was it? You said your son got married here a couple of years ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago. I think he, our first wedding was four and a half, five years ago. I think five years ago. Yeah, but really, our first first wedding was actually up here <laughs> in the loft. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god! It was a small um, wedding. Somebody in the military, and oh, yeah, they yeah, needed yeah. to do something small and quick. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm, I mean, it started way back that, when. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But five Adam, or six years ago, Adam I guess. Nelson's daughter, I think, was the first wedding. Mm. Was it? Okay. Yeah. That must have been off season. Also, it needed to be indoors. Yeah. 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 So okay, I you know obviously you had you had a couple of years ramping up but yeah the mm -hmm. snapshot of what it is now with already 41 weddings booked for 2020 mm -hmm. um this is a significant part of pine creek nursery it business is. now yeah right? it really is it's it's a good revenue that that um you know we get in the in the summer when mm -hmm. the nursery is you know because the big the most chunk of it is obviously you know basically june through october that's a really good point so when you're saying about the nursery business is super busy March through June, yeah. mm -hmm. things die off. And then the wedding season ramps up. And then you have this beautiful landscape mm -hmm. that's being put to use for a different purpose. Yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe over the years of ramping up too, Paul, you've been continued to develop the display gardens that have become the backdrop for where people yeah. are Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, there's 
we're still going to, I mean, there's still so much work to do. I mean, we're still improving. <laughs> Paul always and, has a million things. Yeah. I mean, down the road that are going to, I don't think is any gardener. I mean, it's never really done, never I suppose, done. but, um, always improving. Well, in terms of all the features of, of having weddings here, we'll share photos of, you know, the indoor and outdoor spaces, mm -hmm. how you've created, uh, like a stage, how you've created kind of a, like the, where the the clergy would stand and the couple sure. would come up and all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where the, I don't know what to call that. The st stage maybe is what it yeah. is. Mm -hmm. What did you start to say, Quinn? The, oh, the grass area out yeah. there also. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's different, I mean, there's different places. Where Claire you know, got married was out there. So we have different options of where yeah. ceremony mm -hmm. sites we, we don't, say, you know, we don't require them. That's the thing that a lot of people like. We don't have a lot of, you know, it's kind of like open to them what they want, what their idea of the perfect day is. So That's um, neat. Yeah. So, Paul, I know you have to run off and tend to your greenhouse. So before I let you go and then we'll start talking about flowers. Okay. What's, um, what's your next big um, infrastructure development strategy? Like you've got a lot of things cooking that have, haven't quite... Um, gotten your attention yet yeah you've got a beautiful landscape pond yeah which is there really only for wedding photography as far as i can tell right y yeah yeah it's brilliant thank you yeah thank that's you. your specialty yeah um well <clears throat> there's there's a i can we kind of have a dream of uh hosting um concerts here summer concerts yes so we're building an amphitheater um that uh you know the infrastructure is pretty much in place it's just all the little details I don't think we're going to be ready for this summer of 2020, but mm -hmm. we're shooting for 21. Mm -hmm. And so um, you're going to become a, a, a whole other kind of producer. Weddings, <laughs> weddings will seem like a small, small yeah. deal compared to concerts. Yeah. I, you know, and corporate uh, events, actually. Yeah. yeah. That area down there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's going to evolve. I mean, I'm not, we're not betting the farm on it by any means, you know, just like the wedding thing kind of sparked an idea and we kind of rolled with it and slowly but surely just built it up. And so, you know, hopefully we'll just follow suit with that. Well, I think, you, you know, back to your first, your three things that you want something to be um, mm -hmm. challenging, mm -hmm. uh, profitable and creative. Yeah. Um, I would say the weddings fall into that category as well. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you're not going to do the, take the easy route. You're going to take the complicated route because <laughs> plants don't grow fast. You can't do plants overnight, right? No, no. I don't know. I like a challenge. I mean, things, you know, I like, if it's not challenging, why do it? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, mm -hmm. that's just the way I'm wired. And the creative side of it, like the groom's cabin that he's going to be finishing, it's not something that can just get slapped together and oh, it's definitely put together overnight. This is a work of art for Paul. <sighs> So, yes. Yeah, it's going to be super you cool. You show me where it was going to be, but it, we'll have it for next year. Yeah, it should be. I'm going to probably hopefully get, uh, I, I got these other projects I got to finish first, but this spring I'm going to get going on it hard and mm -hmm. hopefully have it done by summer. A good place to hide the grooms until the ceremony. Exactly. The yeah. groom, the groom and the, <laughs> the groomsmen. Yes, <laughs> yes, because we all know what they do. <laughs> well, I, I, I will uh, I will uh, tell you that the wedding uh, that I was involved in here, it was 
wonderful to have all the young people around, but I really wanted to get those guys out from underfoot. They were kind of in the way. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. uh, That's great. Paul, thank you so much for sharing the story. And um, I I said to Gwen that I can't believe I met you two 20 years ago. And when I first started at uh, Seattle Homes and Lifestyles as the garden, the garden editor in 99 or 20, 2000, you're one of the very first stories I wrote about. Really? Yes. Really? Yeah. That's really cool. And we can't find that article. And we, oh, not, really? Well, we, we, have, we have an old magazine. Oh, yeah. It? I probably have something in a box somewhere, but it's yeah. not digital, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. 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 Things have changed. So, uh, all right. So we'll let you go okay. and we'll continue with, with Gwen and talk yeah. about the flower side of Pine Creek Nursery. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Paul. Okay. Thanks, Deb. <laughs> okay, Gwen. We sent Paul off to put his greenhouse up yes, or whatever yes. he has to do. <laughs> But I think we have a little bit more to talk about with with the wedding business at Pine Creek Nursery because yeah. you actually have your own dedicated feed on Insta or account on Instagram just mm-hmm. for weddings, right? Yeah. What what is a Pine Creek wedding? It is events at Pine Creek Nursery. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. that's smart. We purposely uh, didn't do weddings then, huh? Well, at first we were putting things about events on the Pine Creek Nursery Facebook page and I just was very I felt limited because I didn't want to overwhelm people who were only interested in plants Mm -hmm. didn't want to bore them with what's going on with events and stuff so decide and I'm glad we did this we decided to do a totally separate Facebook and Instagram feed for the event side but I also think having the word events as opposed to weddings was that's broader right you're not limiting yourself Mm -hmm. with your Monroe is pretty close to Seattle's tech community. You're probably Mm -hmm. able to be an um, off-site venue for that kind of Yeah, we would love to delve more into that. Yeah. But yeah, we have hosted um, business parties, Christmas parties, anniversary parties, Mm -hmm. graduation parties. Not just All that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So your interest uh, in, in the wedding business, I mean, I get the impression that Paul... Paul is the big idea guy and he, he drags is. you along on a lot of his adventures. Yes, that is absolutely 100% correct. <laughs> I mean, you're obviously love him and you say yes, yes a lot. Yes. <laughs> but um, we were talking uh, before we put on the recorder about when I first met you, uh, I was a young garden writer. You were an even younger nursery couple. And there was something about you that always stuck in my mind, and that was that you were growing your own perennials from seed. And mm-hmm. I was just so fascinated at the time that this young woman who, you know, had this, you know, passion for plants was not just buying stuff, but growing it. And yeah. perennials, obviously, were just one of the things you grew. But that was your early for, for, mm-hmm. foray into flowers and weddings, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And and. How did things were different back then? Like yeah. there wasn't as much locally grown material. No, right? oh my gosh, it was a totally different world. Um, and it started out just growing some annuals to put out um, for sale at our our little nursery that we had at our home, which was open from like March through June. Um, we put signs up along the road, and you know, looking back um, at my childhood, I always, always loved gardening. Mm. Um, my mom gardened and um, I just, I had a vegetable garden when I was probably in the sixth grade. Wow. Always loved growing plants and um, got back into it when we were opening our small nursery at our house. 
And that just sparked a passion in me that was always there, but mm-hmm. I rediscovered it and um, just, it just, yeah, took a hold of my yeah, life. And that's, did. <laughs> that's everything I've ever done for, I don't know, as long as I can remember, but um, started growing perennials and um, also started a floral business in 2000. And part of that was I ran into this book that I can't remember who the author was, but I just learned so much from this book about um, unusual cut flowers and branches. And that kind of was a springboard for me to really embrace all of these amazing things that you can grow Mm -hmm. and use in flower arranging. Mm -hmm. And it was totally foreign back in 2000. You were saying you would go to the wholesaler in downtown Seattle and not really see anything like what your garden looked like. Maybe a few things. Yeah. And the few things that I did see kind of, you know, spurred me to start looking at things in our landscape as possibilities and arrangements. And Mm. so I started experimenting with everything Mm. um, and appreciating, you know, branch structure and um, just hookah leaves, you know, you don't see those in arrangements, but right. it was like everything is game, you know. Right. So. Well, it's almost like your palette was infinitely larger than was. the average flower shop. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Which you said you actually worked in a flower shop and, and it was hard to get them excited about yeah. this unusual stuff you were growing. Yeah. They were just so used to roses, carnations, baby's breath and. Maybe a few lilies. Leather, <laughs> leather leaf fern. and Yeah. yeah and it was it was painful to try to get florists to consider, you know, using ladies mantle. Um, what else would I offer? It was so long ago. Nigella mm-hmm. and spring bulbs. Kind so. of these, kind of these ephemerals and, yeah, and yeah. not, not like factory flowers. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so you said that you kind of had to set that aside for a, maybe a decade while you were building this new nursery. Yes. Paul had mm-hmm. too many projects that he needed your help on. And, and then <laughs> and you had, this the, was a big one. Yeah, the <laughs> and then you had the retail store uh, yeah. here at the nursery, which was more like a garden boutique or garden yeah, emporium. Yep. Yeah, it was a sweet little gift shop. Actually, not too little. It was no. kind of big, yeah. big actually. Um, so that was, yeah, took many years of my time and building that, building the nursery. And yeah. it's funny. You never thought about putting a flower shop in that little it is gift space, but it, it did come to mind mm-hmm. at times, but it was just one more thing. And yeah, you know, yeah. there were so many things going on, so many things to fine tune. It was tough to throw another thing into the mix. Well, and the economy ebbs and flows and things, right. you know, mm-hmm. consumer tastes change. And as I kind of alluded to with, with why do people come to garden shops? You know, it's, it's more about convenience now and mm-hmm. you're kind of off the beaten track a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Um, but the wedding venues, turning your nursery into a wedding venue, it seems like that was kind of coincided with your return to growing cut flowers. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I um, ended up taking on a few weddings and deciding to do flowers for a few weddings when we first started. Um, <clears throat> so I had gotten burned out growing way back when mm-hmm. and got into building the nursery. And it was a nice break for me. Uh, it is pretty intense. Um, as most flower farmers will vouch, you just get burned out. It's day in, it's, it's day physical. out. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's very demanding. And so I did have that big break, but then 
took on a few weddings and it just kind of ignited this passion again in me to grow flowers. It's, I just have this need to grow as much as I can for my designs. <laughs> um, it's painful to have to go buy stuff. Right. Um, but that just, must be a, a point of pride with you. Like I'm not going to break down, down and buy yeah, anything unless I absolutely, absolutely have to. Absolutely have to. And usually it's roses mm. or a certain kind of eucalyptus, mm. you know, silver dollar <laughs> eucalyptus. I do grow eucalyptus here, which is absolutely wonderful. Which one do you grow? Um, it's gunnii, uh-huh. but... The, the um, smaller leaf one, right? Yes, yeah. smaller leaves, but actually there's a lot of variations in it. So there's probably a few different varieties out there. Do you think that Paul would erect an entire greenhouse for you to grow silver dollar eucalyptus? Because you'd have to completely Possibly. alter... You'd have to alter the, um, the whole climate. Uh, well, to grow I, it here, right? I actually have some growing here. Oh, okay. Um, it just doesn't seem as hardy, though. Yeah, it's just not like coming up from California. It's just, yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, unfortunately. Well, but. so you when did you actually come up with the name Scattered Seeds, which is such an adorable bit, oh, name for a flower you. farm? It's, it's, it's kind um, of a, do you, is the floral design run through that business too? So it's farmer florist kind of services like do people see you as just a farmer or just a florist or a little bit of both I think a little bit of both yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. um and yeah when I decided to take this to the next level and actually start taking on more weddings and selling to local florists and growing on a bigger scale thought of the name um and it was just a fun one it stuck out and it's adorable thank you I love it thank you and yeah, we just took it to the next level, and mm. now I grow probably just under an acre of flowers mm. and foliage, and foliage is huge for me. Well, foliage is huge, too, because you're surrounded by all these nursery stock, which you can probably yes. glean from a little bit, right? Oh, gosh, I love I love having the ability to be able to bring in plants that are new and unusual um, and experiment with them mm. and... Also, just walk through my nursery and see what kinds of things are interesting at the time for some boutonnieres I might be working uh, on. Right, I was gonna say when you have or a smaller wedding, for a smaller wedding, you can probably just yeah. trim and no one will even notice because you're pruning the plant. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. cut you off. You said boutonnieres too, right? Oh, or boutonnieres and corsages. Or corsages. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, when you said you hate to break down and buy flowers, I just made me want to ask you what? How many varieties of of annuals and, and perennials and bulbs do you think you're oh, growing in goodness. any given year? I mean, you're probably I have hundreds. no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I would say probably a third of what I grow is perennial. Um, and then... Just smart. Yeah, yeah. And I've been just chomping at the bit to add a big woody section. Mm. Um, I would love to grow a lot more smoke bush. Um, ribes is actually... One of the unknown things mm-hmm. I think out there mm-hmm. still that people don't use, but ribes is such an awesome foliage. Are people calling that, cur- it's current. Flowering current. Flowering current. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. And you get yeah. the flowers with it, but the foliage is awesome. And it's f- very similar to raspberry. And the foliage has this um, pretty uh, seasonal color change too, right? Does it uh, get kind of. more, more reddish in the fall or? Not that I remember Oh, okay, seeing. maybe I'm confusing it with something else. So, yeah. But the flowering current is, so it's green. 
It's green. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Well, if you want to add a woody section, I don't think you have to uh, fight too hard to find a little real estate to do it, no, right? No, okay. no. I have a space back by our house um, that is going to be mine as soon as all of the emeralds get dug out of it. Mm. And Paul did put a cold frame back there for me Ooh. last year. So Ooh. that's super exciting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, you also, um, I noticed that you are growing not just sort of the annual field crop, but you had like a lot of lysianthus this year too, right? Yes. And that's uh-huh. sort of a challenge to grow. It is a challenge, yes. I feel like that's the holy grail of cut flower farm material. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a challenge to grow that, and I'm still learning. Because you're not growing that undercover, are you? That's all out in the field. I didn't grow it undercover. Uh I will grow it undercover in the future. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because all of my irrigation is overhead. We just, um, because of our water situation, um, doing... What is it? The the tape that goes along. Oh, the yeah, the drip tape. The drip tape yeah. is is really difficult for us. Mm-hmm. So overhead water does not go well with lysianthus. Oh, okay. Um, so I will be growing that undercover. Because mm-hmm. um, you can do, do drip. Better. You can do do some, do you do different kind of irrigation in the greenhouses? I don't, but I hand water. I see. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Gwen, are you doing this pretty much by yourself, or do you have help on the farm? I do have some help on the farm. Um, my nephew works for me part-time. And then I have a new gal who came on this year who worked part-time with me as well. And she was awesome. Loves yeah. plants. It's it's so great to find somebody who's passionate about plants yeah. and, and they have that background. And then, of course, Paul and his guy, Zach, um, they're out there helping me dig dahlia tubers. And, you know, if there's ever any grunt work to do, like spreading dirt, spreading compost, mm-hmm. Um, Paul is usually handy <laughs> there. Game. Yeah. Well, A, he has the, um, the, the, the gear, the yes, equipment to the do equipment it. And B, it's right here. Difference. It's probably hard for him to say no to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Just like you can't say no <laughs> to him. Absolutely. It goes both ways. Um, how do you, how would you describe your design aesthetic when you do design? Cause we were talking earlier about how you do not require couples who have their schedule, their weddings mm-hmm. here at Pine Creek Nursery. You don't require them to use scattered seeds as a right. designer. Right. And my design is usually a little more natural. It's got more movement. And um, I would say some of my favorite things more than flowers would be foliage and Mm -hmm. texture, Mm -hmm. seed pods, um, all that kind of stuff. Lichen, branches, twigs. You're like 100% seasonal. Like there is, I can't imagine you not using what is growing right now at any given time. In the winter, I am out there, you know, we're doing wreaths and, and all that kind of stuff right now. I love moss and lichen and all those things that are beautiful in the winter. So, you know, everything is game all year long. Yeah. Yeah. We were joking earlier when you said you're cutting constantly. And Mm -hmm. I thought you and Paul are in very similar businesses in that he's growing so that he doesn't have to buy from someone else, Mm -hmm. but he's growing trees and shrubs. Right. You're growing, so you don't have to buy from someone else, but you're growing, you know, flowers and herbs and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. But then you can also harvest from his stuff. Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) His growing field is right outside where I do my flowers. (laughs) I am out there looking for stewardia branches and, I mean, things that most people don't have such free access to. Yeah. Or you were mentioning, like, Pieras. I love Pieras, especially in the spring, you know, and you have lots of that. Uh-huh. And out in the field, um, another great one that I'm so excited about is Seven Suns Flower 
tree. Hmm. And I, I don't I know can't what that is. Pronounce the botanical hmm. name. Oh, we'll look it up. But it's incredible. And I just love running out there and cutting these things that most people have never even seen before wow. and throwing them in arrangements. Wow. It's so fun. Wow. Well, will you share some photos of your designs? Uh, I would love to. That'd be great. Yeah. We'll use them on our show notes. And um, I am going to uh, add a couple photos of the wedding that I got to yes. be part and that of this was summer. So beautiful. <laughs> oh my gosh. The bride's bouquet. When I got to see the pictures, oh. I was just like, well, you know, when you, when you know the bride, you have a different kind of approach yeah. to it. And also, I don't do 40-plus weddings a year like yeah. you. I'm yeah. just doing one per summer as, like, oh, Deborah wow. pretends she's a florist for one day. Oh, <laughs> but it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It's exhausting. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's great. But it's very rewarding. So um, did when I heard Paul say you have more weddings booked for next year than you mm -hmm. did this year, is that, like, create a little panic for you or are you you feel yeah. pretty good about it no I feel really good about oh, it great. I'm excited I'm oh. very excited and I feel like I got a good feel for what it takes now um because I've just been getting back into this the last couple years yeah yeah um, so, so you're kind of hitting your stride yeah yeah and I can bring on help I have several people who love to come alongside and you know help me out with things so yeah. you know what? what you have here is such a beautiful place there's not a a speck of weed. I mean, I'm sure there's weeds somewhere, oh, yeah, but I don't are. see them. <laughs> but it just feels like a place that people come and they don't, they, their, their mood changes. They don't want to leave. Yeah. Um, you create a, the, this whole environment, including people do wander out to the, the cutting, the, uh -huh. the cutting area, the, the growing area. Yeah, yeah. And I've, see you have a beautiful bench out there so people can even get their I wedding portrait. I love seeing people enjoy the cutting garden. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're okay with that. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's totally. charming. Um, it's a nice backdrop to our um, event space. Mm -hmm. So it's out there for people to go take pictures, um, the bridal party, bride and groom. Um, and I absolutely love on Saturday nights hearing the music going out on the patio, people having fun. And at sunset, just seeing people wander out there and looking at sweet peas and mm. dahlias, it it's something that feeds Paul and I's soul mm -hmm. to be able to share that with people. Mm. So it's so true. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing it with You're the welcome. podcast listeners. I I'm think so excited. I am excited in so many ways. I feel like you're really demonstrating how to make your land work for you and create mm -hmm. a business that is multifaceted mm -hmm. and um, creative and um, creates community and isn't, isn't cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. And and the fact that you're still looking at potential for what this land could do for you with oh, yeah. uh, the concerts mm -hmm. and all, um, you know, that's, we coined a phrase a couple years ago called floral tourism. That's mm -hmm. basically the other channel that you're moving into and agritourism. Um, yeah. yeah. People yeah. want that. And, and with ag land now you have to find other avenues, you know, to create income. So, right. Right. And Thanks. we're just blessed to be able to do something that we absolutely love. So we appreciate that's, everyone who's supported us. That's the secret to a good life. Thank yeah. you so much, Gwen. You're so welcome. I'm so delighted that you joined me on this visit to Pine Creek Nursery and Scattered Seeds of Flower Farm. 
take the time to visit Paul and Gwen's various websites to learn more, as they mentioned, by creating a dedicated brand called Events at Pine Creek, and by hiring in a dedicated wedding coordinator, they've been able to build a following for that brand and business channel. It's a smart move, and as you heard, 2020 wedding bookings are already higher than last year. It will be a flourishing year, for sure. Our next sponsor thank you goes to Farmers Web. Farmers Web software makes it simple for flower farms to streamline working with their buyers. By lessening the administrative load and increasing efficiency, Farmers Web helps your farm save time, reduce errors, and work with more buyers overall. Learn more at farmersweb.com. We are continuing to build the program for the Slow Flowers Summit, including some special surprises that we'll be announcing in the weeks and months ahead. Please join me June 28th through June 30th and connect with our fabulous speakers. Enjoy the incredibly beautiful venue at Filoli Historic House and Garden in San Francisco and experience the many features that will immerse you in the people, principles, and practices of Slow Flowers. I'll have links to all the details, including how Slow Flowers members receive a discounted registration rate at today's show notes at deborahprincing.com. I want to announce and thank two of the first sponsors to join us in presenting the summit. Thank you to Sarah Hinton and Bloomtrack Software for Event Florist. She is again sponsoring our name tag lanyards, and we hope she will be on site to share more about Bloomtrack with you at the summit. And thanks to our friends at Red Twig Farm, Lindsay and Josh McCullough, who just joined as one of our evening meal reception sponsors. Check out links to these two great floral partners at today's show notes at deborahprincing.com. We'll have more sponsors to announce soon. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 566,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. Our final sponsor thanks today goes to Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com.